Let us pray. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Alleluia. Amen. I wonder what Simon Peter thought. Not even so much the day that we just heard about, but the day that Jesus first showed up in his life. In John's Gospel, it is Peter's brother Andrew, who had been a disciple of John the Baptist, who introduced them. An introduction that ended with the man known as Simon, renamed as Peter, called the Rock. Did he know then that the whole world had changed? Did he understand, as when Jacob became Israel, that nothing would ever be as it had been? Do we ever completely understand what is happening as we live through the turning points in our private and our public histories? We humans are creatures of habit, not necessarily by choice. It's simply a way of functioning, simplifying a complex world so as not to be overwhelmed. We rely on routines and rules and categories and truths, things like fire will burn your skin and the sun will, in fact, come up each morning to give us a starting point on understanding the world so that we don't have to start from scratch daily. The researcher Jennifer Eberhardt, in her book on implicit bias, says it this way. She says, categorization, a grouping of like things, is not some abhorrent feature of the human brain, a process some people engage in and others do not. Rather, it is a universal function of the brain that allows us to organize and manage the overload of stimuli that constantly bombards us. It's a system that brings coherence to a chaotic world. It helps our brains make judgments more quickly and efficiently by instinctively relying on patterns that seem predictable. End quote. In many ways, what we read about in the gospel is this exact function at work time and time and time and time again. The disciples in each chapter of the Gospels, are trying to use their habits, their understandings, their categories, the pre-existing ones of their lives, to understand Jesus. They're trying to make Jesus fit into their nice, neat, little pre-existing boxes. And even in this story, Simon Peter's fishing nudges at the tension between habit on the one hand and discipleship on the other, between the gestures of fishing that are usual and comfortable that would feel like a routine that would maybe bring him some peace after all of the chaos that he has just experienced and the discomfort of shifting sides, changing hands that yields an almost impossible haul. Because fishing, of course, was something that got done in a very natural way. You fished out of one particular side of the boat, one particular hand held the net in a given way, the other one cast it, and all of it was a muscle memory sort of thing. We do all of those things. It's like writing. If those of us who are right-handed, if we try to write with our left, we have to think really hard about it, and it feels really awkward and uncomfortable, and our muscles aren't adapted to it. That's what Peter is going through. 
fish out of the other side of the boat, says Jesus. And Peter goes, are you, what? Huh. I've never done it that way before. I don't know how to do that. He knows how to fish. It's just everything gets messed up. These ancient stories provide us insight into the ways that we are very much like the disciples, that we do very much what they used to do, whether it's in our perceptions of Jesus and trying to make him fit into certain kind of neat little boxes that we're used to, whether it's our perceptions of the church, whether it's our understanding of our own daily lives, even in the midst of these moments that we know are going to change everything. We've been spending a lot of time in the past few months, both in sermons and in our daily lives, thinking about and talking about all of the changes. Everything seems to be unraveling before our very eyes. All of the boxes that we had become accustomed to don't quite fit the world as it currently is. But one of the fascinating things in these conversations is the chance that we have been given in all of the change and all of the disruption to take a deep breath, to take a step back, to have a new perspective on how our understandings of the world, which came from the time before, continue to impact how we see both the unraveling and the renewal that comes after. Kind of like how Peter goes back to fishing. I watch this scene and I wonder about Simon Peter. Did all of the years at Jesus' side, and John's gospel is the one that suggests to us that it was in fact three years, did all of those years just pass by like some grand adventure, like some sort of first century college gap year that he could tell his grandchildren about after he was too old to fish anymore? How much was he willing to allow the time that he spent outside of his comfort zone, outside of the normal, outside of the expectations and routines and categories that had guided his whole entire life? How much was he willing to allow the time that he spent with Jesus to reset his entire way of interacting with the wider world. Simon Peter spent three years experiencing a way of life that nothing had prepared him for, that didn't fit into any of the categories that his brain had used to help him get through life in first century Palestine. Following Jesus meant that he met with and broke bread with people that he would have been taught to avoid. It meant three years of parables, and sermons, and arguments, and signs that would have, we might assume, begun to shift his paradigm, that would have called into question all of the assumptions that had been foundational to the life of a poor Galilean fisherman, that would have showed him the ways in which the categories and routines of his life might actually have stood in the way of the possibilities that he'd begun to glimpse, possibilities of grace and love and life in abundance. And yet, when all seemed finished, it appears to have been easy for him to slip right back into those old routines, right back into those old understandings of how things are. I wonder, 
about Simon Peter. And I wonder about us. As the turning point in our modern lives began to crack open the categories and the routines that undergird our own ways of understanding the world. How do we understand it? What are we looking for? The author Sonia Renee Taylor wrote, we will not go back to normal. Normal never was. Our pre-corona existence was not normal, other than we normalized greed, inequity, exhaustion, depletion, extraction, disconnection, confusion, rage, hoarding, hate, and lack. We should not long to return, my friends. We are being given the opportunity to stitch a new garment, one that fits all of humanity and nature. And yet normal. The ways of being that we had experienced before this whole worldwide shift seems to be edging back into our lives, calling to us with that very familiarity, nudging us to just get back into old routines and old patterns to let this time of protest and pandemic be a parenthesis, a story that we will tell in the years to come. And so we don't question that parents need schools to open or else risk losing their jobs. And we criticize school boards and parents and teachers, but we do not criticize a system that sets up an impossible choice between paying bills and increasing our exposure to a virus. We criticize people who chafe at nearly five months of precautions, but we do not criticize a system whose lack of response essentially guaranteed that very restlessness. The foundational shifts that we have experienced have given us a glimpse into how things could be, rather than the way that we have long expected them to be. We have been granted an opportunity in these moments to shift our perspective, to put our nets in the other hand and cast from the other side of the boat, to let things be awkward and uncomfortable for a little bit, trusting that the gain might yet be worthwhile. Simon Peter went out to fish, perhaps seeking a way back into a life that used to be. But out on the water, casting his net, he discovered that the things that had once been easy, the things that had given him purpose and understanding, didn't work out as they once had. They didn't provide for him in this new world. The breaking open of his world, the vision of new possibilities, of grace and of love and of abundance, the things that he had struggled so hard to understand because they felt so foreign to his habits and routines had closed the door on all of the old ways, on the unexamined categories and norms of a prior life. In this story, as happens throughout the gospel narrative, we are invited to see ourselves reflected, to see the ways that both discipleship and the breaking open of all that we thought we knew will necessarily change us in ways that might feel uncomfortable, perhaps even distressing for a moment, but which will put within our hands the means to nourishment and generosity and justice. Because as much as we are creatures of habit, in our very hardwired natures, these moments of radical change and paradigm shifting remind us that we can only move forward, not back. We, who have been given the experience of grace, 
we who have been fed by the body of Christ. We who have borne witness to the kingdom of God are now called to step boldly out of all that has been normal and into all that is yet possible, however uncomfortable the process may be. For we can see now, and will continue to learn, that normal never was, but that new life will yet be. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Amen.